Feel Goodery is recorded in front of a live studio dog who is currently sleeping beside me doing one of those adorable dream dog things where they're running after something in their dream and their eyes are flickering. It's adorable. I just hope he doesn't do a dog dream fart midway through the episode. This is Feel Goodery, a place where we can take the sore spots and the cringe, the exhaustion, the bedwetting, anything that has the potential to make us feel bad, it's fair game. So we can let the air out a bit and make it good. I'm Kyle Buchanan. I'm so glad you're here today because we are talking everything from pee debates to mouth taping, and it's nice to have the company. Second sparkle coming up. Here we go. Hello, my friend. I hope you are having a fantastic day, and I hope you're treating yourself kindly. I'm laughing because just before I recorded, Sam did do that little dog dream fart, so I'm hoping it's a one-off. Anyways, hello. I hope you are also sleeping well lately, and if you're not sleeping well, then this show will hopefully offer a little bit of insight you might not have heard of before. It's been a bit of a busy week, but... I finally got around to watching the finale of Succession, which is a fantastic show. I don't know if... I hope you've seen it. And if not, you have four seasons. It's all finished now. It's wonderful. But one of the best parts of the show, well, one of the many, is the music. It's got this kind of intense, classical, powerful vibe to it. But what I've been doing lately, and I would recommend this is putting the Succession soundtrack on in the background as I work. And if you try this out, it'll make you feel super important and powerful as you work. Like even if you are doing the most boring email in the world, when you have the Succession soundtrack in the background, each boring word that you type will feel so purposeful and important as if as if the most important figures in the world are waiting with bated breath to see what you decided to type. It's a fun way to type emails and don't knock until you try it. I mean, I normally have some sort of soundtrack going on in the background of my days because I I don't know pop music too well, but I normally listen to orchestra scores from television shows and movies. And what's great about having scores in the background, like I I have a Spotify playlist called, what is it? Rom-com playlist because if you've never listened like try succession first but if you want to feel upbeat put a rom-com soundtrack on in the background because romantic comedies like them or hate them they always have this like things are going to work out the lead doesn't know it yet but things are going to work out for her and when you put that on in the soundtrack of your life things are going to work out for you it's a sort of witchcraft magic but it works anyways i digress today we are talking sleep and maybe some lesser known ways and weird kind of ways to help you fall asleep if you're having issues. And this was prompted by two things. One, I've gotten a few emails now asking me to do a sleep episode because it is a sore spot for a lot of people. And if you ever have a suggestion or an ask or something you want confessed on the show or a topic or an expert you want to hear on, just shoot me an email, info at kylebuchan.ca. I'll put everything in the show notes, or you can find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM. I was happy to, to chat. And the second thing that happened was a few days ago, a few nights ago, I had one of the worst sleeps of my life. And it's on those nights that you don't sleep that you really appreciate what a good sleep does for you. And this was a this was the crappy of the crappy sleeps. And I'm sure you've had them where there's no reason why you should have anything but a good sleep. 
you are not stressed, you didn't have any late day caffeine, you don't have an early morning the next day, you, e- you even put your phone down and read a book before bed. You do everything right. You did everything right. You, you should get a medal at this point for your sleep prep. But the minute you shut your eyes, that little voice in your head decides to strike up a conversation. And that was my night a few days ago. I shut my eyes and my little voice in my head, I call her Sheila, she started chatting my ear off with the what ifs. And you know the what ifs. For me, the what ifs that night were, what if you're saying too much in this podcast? What if you're too much in this podcast? What if you are too much just in general as a human being on this planet? And what are you going to do about buying a home in this ridiculously expensive city? Should you move? And for, so for whatever reason, all the what ifs were flooding in my head. She was giving me every single one, even some secret ones that I didn't even know were there. But of course, you know, last week we talked with the fantastic worry expert, Denise Merrick, who gave so much fantastic advice on worry. And if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to it now. I'll wait. So I did some things. I actually got out of bed and I wrote down those what ifs, the worries, and it did help. And I reminded myself of what is true right now in this moment, what I can see, hear, feel, and I did all of the things and it did help quiet Sheila down. So the little voice was quieter. I was calmer and I decided to go back to bed and it was like 1230 a.m. At this point. So I went back to bed, put the covers over me, one foot out of the covers. I don't know if you do the same thing, but I always want to feel A, that I'm a little bit cooler because I get overheated very fast. And there's sort of a a freedom, like a, a little rebellion to the covers, having one foot out of it. Like the cover doesn't own me, I own it. Anyways, I went back to bed and it took me a good 30 minutes to finally get into that doze like state. I shut my eyes off. And just as I thought I was about to pass out, I had that bitch of a thought, do I have to pee? And then, I I don't know if you're similar, but I will, instead of just getting up and going to the bathroom, I will have a good 40-minute debate in my head about whether or not I can, quote-unquote, get away with it, not having to pee right now. And you, you talk yourself into it a little bit. You know, I'm fine. No, it's good. No, I can probably make it to morning, I think. But what if I can't? What if that urge to pee wakes me up again and then I have to have this talk all over again? Or worse, what if I wet the bed? And full disclosure, because we do talk the messy and the potentially shame-inducing topics on this show, I have wet my bed twice as an adult man. The first was when I was like 20 And there was alcohol involved, so a little bit of a pass. But the second time, I was 25 years old. There would be no reason why I should have had this happen. No alcohol, just just normal night. But I had this dream where I was peeing at a urinal. And I guess I was either super committed in the dream, but as I was peeing... And this is the fear, because I've had this dream since, and I'm always worried. But for whatever reason, I was peeing in the urinal in the dream... And I was acting it out in real life and I wet the bed. And there is, listen, there is no shame in wetting the bed at any age. There's no shame in the show. But the word I would use to describe it, the experience, is humbling. If you ever get too cool for yourself or your ego is a little bit too big, wet the bed once and it'll take you down a few necessary uh, pegs. Anyways, this whole pee or not to pee debate goes on for like another 40 minutes in my head. And the irony of it is that I always end up 
going to the bathroom in the end, which I did. So by the time that whole ordeal ended, it was like 2, 2.30 in the morning. And then I kind of fell asleep and slept on and off until 5.30 a.m. in which I just decided to get up. And then I proceeded to feel like absolute garbage the rest of that day. And it should be noted, I just want to note that it was a full moon that night. And this is just a weird thing. Some of us do have, a lot of us actually, have crappier sleeps during full moons. So if this is you, just track that. And there have been studies that support this theory. You know, there was one study out of Switzerland that used EEGs to measure brain activity during the sleep of like 30, 33 healthy volunteers. And what they found was that on the days before, during, and after the full moon, people took an average of five extra minutes to fall asleep, slept 20 minutes less per night, and had 30% less deep sleep. And the mechanism or the way this works or why it happens isn't completely understood. Something, some people think it's the light of the full moon, but this study that I talked about, actually, no light was involved. It is suggested that just our circadian rhythms or our sleep-wake cycles are very well affected by the lunar cycle. And why wouldn't they be? This is my thing when people like discount the moon or discount astrology in general, but let's talk specifically the moon. The tides, the physical tides, or the water that we see are affected by the moon. We are mostly water. Why would we not be affected by the moon itself? So if you do have issues sleeping during the full moon, it's not in your head. So that was my crap sleep. And listen, once in a while, it is normal to have a crappy sleep, but it shouldn't be a regular thing. And if it is, well, I know you're already probably looking for solutions for it because sleep is so important. It's where you should start with any health goal you have. If you're not sleeping well or making it a priority, that needs to be addressed first, even before diet, in my opinion. So today we are talking sleep. And here's the thing. There are many different episodes we could do on sleep. I've talked a lot about it on the morning show before. And there are some standard things I could cover, like magnesium supplementation, caffeine reduction, especially past 2 p.m., or the various herbs that can help promote a better night's sleep. And maybe down the line I will do that, but a lot of that information is sort of standard now, and it is out there and easily searchable and accessible and all relevant and important. But I thought today I could go over some of the weirder, lesser known, maybe quirkier things to try on for size when it comes to helping you fall asleep. Because if you are having sleep issues, sometimes you want to seek out the weird and the lesser known things and try on those for size, or maybe it's just me. I kind of like the weird. So here we go. Some things you might know and others you might not when it comes to supporting a better night's sleep. First, we do have to talk screen time. And I have to say this because even though I know that we all know at this point that looking at our phones, our TVs, or computers late into the night does in fact mess up our sleep, and it does, even though we know this, a lot of us still do this, myself included. And the reason the reason our screens are so quote unquote bad for us is because our screens from our phones or TVs or computers, they emit something called blue light, which essentially trick our bodies into thinking it's still daytime. And that at night interferes with our body's ability to get into wind down mode, that sleep mode. And if you think about it, not that long ago, 
before electricity, when the sun went down, the only thing we had was candlelight. So when the sun went down, we just had basic darkness. And that darkness actually serves as a signal to our body to start to wind down and produce hormones like melatonin that will help lull us into a deep, restful sleep. But technology has essentially made it so we can have light 24 hours a day. First, the light bulb, and then the TV, and then computers, and then now we have our little smartphones that serve as this little light box that we pour our vision into right up until bedtime. And we're just at a loss for why we all can't sleep these days. But listen, I am guilty of this myself. We all are. So ideally, I I have to be, I feel like the teacher in front of the assembly. I do have to say this. Ideally, if you can, children, don't look at your screens one to two hours before bed, or at least, or at least in the 30 minutes before you go to bed. But I hear you kids. I'm not, I'm not a teacher. I'm a cool teacher. If you are going to be on your screens in the couple hours before bed, there are some things, there are some steps or hacks you can do to help mitigate some of the blue light that messes with your sleep. So here are a few of these hacks. Most phones now have a night shift mode. iPhones? iPhones definitely do. So you can shift to, apparently the sleep has not gotten caught up yet and my brain is shutting down as I do this. So you can shift your phone into a quote unquote night shift mode at like 7 p.m., which reduces some of that harsh light and gives your phone sort of like an orangey hue. iPhones have this, uh, I believe Samsungs do. And if you if you're not sure about your specific model, there are just go Google it, and there will be video tutorials on how to do this and uh, make it a permanent setting, even if you want on your own phone. Next, if you are one to use your computer late at night, you can install something called Flux on your computer. This is a completely free program that you can download and essentially adapts your screen color to the time of day. So as it gets past 5, 6 p.m., your screen turns this kind of orangey thing. And for that, you can go to justgetflux.com and down, no affiliation. This is just something I use. Uh, and you can download it to your, your computer. I've used it for years. It's fantastic. And I'll put that in the show notes. And lastly, for screens, you can get blue blocker glasses. Those are those little orange looking glasses that make everyone sort of look like a tool, myself included. The fact is they do work and I use them as I work on the computer as well and I don't get headaches anymore. So with these, you just put them on uh, at nighttime, a couple hours before you go to bed as you're working your way or watching TV or you're looking at your phone and they do help filter some of that blue light out that can mess up with your sleep. And there's a lot of companies out there that you could, that sell these to varying degrees. I personally use a company called True Dark, but there are a lot of companies out there. So that that is the screen time lecture. Next up, let's talk foods. And I want to highlight three different foods you might not have considered when it comes to helping you fall asleep. The first sleep food is kiwis. Those little fuzzy little balls. Having one or two kiwis before bed might just help you fall asleep better. And I have seen this work firsthand with people. And there's also some evidence supporting this. It was a small study, but a four-week study with 24 people found that consuming two kiwis before bed was associated with significant improvements in sleep quality, including shorter time to fall asleep, longer sleep duration, and better sleep efficiency compared to placebo. So interesting, right? Now, 
It makes sense. Kiwis are a source of serotonin, which your body uses to make melatonin, which helps regulate your sleep. So one or two kiwis as a late night snack can actually be a really cool thing. And you can actually eat the skins, just wash them. Most people will find that disgusting, but I have been known to eat that. Next option is tart cherry juice. This is something you can buy at a health food store. Normally in highly concentrated forms, it'll cost anywhere from 20 to $30 for a bottle, but that bottle will last a long time. It's like a syrup. And the way you use tart cherry juice is by adding one to two tablespoons, start with one to see how you do, one to two tablespoons of the concentrate to water an hour or so before bed. So these concentrates or juices are normally normally made from a very specific type of sour cherry called Montmorency cherries. And these are a great source of both tryptophan, which your body uses to make melatonin, as well as melatonin itself. So that can be a really useful and natural way to ease into a better night's sleep. Tart cherries are also great for pain management, especially if there is arthritis or joint pain. So if, you, if you're having issues sleeping and you're having some arthritic symptoms and joint issues, tart cherry juice might actually be a really useful functional food to start adding in. And the last food tip, because I promised weird, bear with me, but I've seen this work firsthand, is banana peel tea. I've talked about bananas themselves being a great option before bed because they are, you know, they're a source of tryptophan and magnesium, both of which help you sleep. And the starch content can also help promote a good night's sleep. But you can actually say, and this is very sustainable living, you can save the peel, wash it, of course, please. And then you put the peel in a little pot of water and boil it for like 15 to 20 minutes. You drain the water and sip on that banana peel tea. The peel does contain that, you know, the tryptophan, the magnesium, the potassium, all the other nutrients that will leach out into the tea. And this is not necessarily scientific because who would be studying this? But if you are looking for something natural and not a pill and haven't tried this, maybe it's worth a shot. I talked about this on the show a couple of years ago on the morning show and viewers actually wrote in saying that they tried this and it actually helped them fall asleep and that eating these same viewers said eating a banana did not have the same effect huh right just a huh but one reason for this why the banana peel tea could work but not the banana is that by making this tea just a theory of mine by making this tea you're creating a little bedtime ritual which is calming in itself and you are sipping on a warm liquid which is also relaxing and then add into that the nutrients from the banana Maybe it is the perfect equation for a little sleep potion. Who knows? But banana peel tea, let me know if you try it, please. Moving on, the next sleep tip is when you do hit the pillow, if you have issues falling asleep or your mind races, you can try the breathing technique we talked about on the very first episode, the four, seven, eight breathing technique. This is where you breathe in for a count of four you hold for a count of seven, and then you breathe out through your mouth for a count of eight. Or you can also breathe out through your nose. It depends on what works for you and what you prefer. This technique, in addition to helping people just calm down and deal with anxiety, it has been shown to be beneficial when it comes to helping people fall asleep. So normally you sit and you do this breathing technique essentially until you fall asleep. So that's just a little breath hack to try emphasize if you haven't tried it before. The next tip the fourth tip might be the weirdest thing you have heard thus far. This is something I do myself, and it's something I've actually noticed extreme benefit from. I've been doing it for four months now, 
and I notice I feel more rested in the morning. I don't wake up stuffy. This has made its rounds on social media, and I think it's great. And it is mouth taping. Mouth taping is a practice where you literally tape your mouth shut during sleep. And this encourages you, or in a nice way of saying, it forces you to breathe through your nose. And the concept is that nose breathing is the best way to breathe for your overall health, which it is, including the health of your sleep. So what happens when you breathe through your nose is that the air gets filtered and humidified and warmed before it reaches your lungs. So this is, it's primed air for your lungs. And beyond that, when you breathe through your nose, you also tend to take deeper, fuller breaths. And you can try it on like right now, like breathe deeply through your nose and then breathe deep with your mouth open through your mouth and see which one feels more satisfying. The other thing that happens when you breathe through your nose is that you increase the intake of nitric oxide, which is this gas produced in nasal passages. And nitric oxide helps to promote vasodilation, which is essentially the widening of blood vessels, which helps to improve blood flow and circulation, as well as supporting healthy blood pressure. And you don't get these benefits when you breathe through your mouth. Now, there's not a ton, there's not a mammoth load of studies behind mouth taping and sleep at this point. There are some related to the benefit of it for those dealing with snoring and tiredness and people that struggle with uh, obstructive sleep apnea. But anecdotally, a lot of people, including myself, report a better night's sleep with mouth taping. It does take a day or two to get used to because of course it is. You're taping your mouth shut. How could it not take a second? The first night feels a little bit strange, but after you get used to it, it almost becomes a comfort and I also wear a sleep mask and yeah, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a real catch to sleep next to you. Lately too, I've also been putting earplugs in just because it was a little loud. So I was literally covering my eyes, my mouth and my ears. I was dead to the world, but it felt like I was in this echo, this, this deprivation tank. It was really fantastic. But uh, the, if you get used to wearing a sleep mask and if you do not wear a sleep mask and you live in a really bright room when you sleep, get into the habit of wearing a sleep mask because you do want complete darkness when you sleep. But when you start wearing a sleep mask, it's really annoying. And then you miss it when you don't have it. And the mouth taping became that same thing. It became this comfort level. And we're not talking duct tape. Please do not tape your mouth shut with duct tape. You don't want to rip your lips right off. You want to search for mouth tape specifically, which is now widely available. I get I got mine off of Amazon for like $12, I think, for a pack of 90 strips. They sort of look, the ones I get, you can get tape, like just a roll of it and cut it yourself. Or the one I get, they almost look like white strips. They're individual things you peel off and you put on and you they're one-time use kind of thing. So it is, it is not expensive and it can make a big difference. Now, it is not for everyone. If you do have known issues breathing through your nose or you can actively uh, hear yourself breathe when you do try to breathe through your nose, it's not necessarily for you and you always should consult with your healthcare provider. And if that's the case, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, which are one of the most like educated it's it's very hard to get a referral to or it's easy to get a referral if your doctor is willing but the wait list for ear nose and throat doctors are ridiculous they're very sought after so if you are a little kid listening to this and are looking for a profession to get into eight-year-old who is listening to this podcast consider being an ear nose and throat doctor
Yeah. Your parents will thank me later. Now, lastly, the last tip is a really kind of weird thing to hear, but it's probably not as weird as mouth taping. The last weird sleep trick is tell yourself to stay awake. This is called paradoxical intention. So you lie in bed and you tell yourself to stay awake. And this is especially useful if trying to fall asleep stresses you out. Because if you think about it, if you're telling yourself to fall asleep, fall asleep, fall asleep, and you can't, this stresses you out. This produces stress and stress hormones can actually keep you awake. So by telling yourself to stay awake, it takes the pressure off and you can actually fall asleep faster because of it. And studies, some studies have found that those who practice paradoxical intention, especially those who deal with anxiety related insomnia, fall asleep faster with this practice than those who don't do this. So this has worked for me. I do use this from time to time. I tell myself to stay awake and I, I'll, I'll take it a step further by imagining that I have to stay awake for a very specific reason. Like I'll put myself in this hypothetical situation that I have to stay awake because I have to pick someone up from the airport late at night, which I have had to do many times. Do you know the situations where you know that you have to stay awake for something that you don't want to do and you somehow become more tired than you ever have been in your entire life? That's the kind of mind game you're playing on yourself with this technique. So if you're trying to sleep and you're beating yourself up for not falling asleep and trying to force it, test this out and tell yourself to stay awake and then see if by chance you fall asleep a little bit faster. Wouldn't it be great if that is all it took? And sometimes, sometimes it actually can be the thing that it takes. And again, this is a free thing. It's something to think about. So why not try it on for size? All right, my friend, we have come to the end of our little weird sleepy things episode. Maybe you found the tips very weird. Maybe you didn't find them weird at all. Maybe you never got past the bedwetting part of this episode. I don't know. But apparently, a lot of Feel Goodery listeners use this podcast to help them fall asleep. So with that, we're going to end today's show with uh, a little slumber send-off. All right, you sleepyhead. It's time to say goodbye to the weight of your day. Let go of the embarrassing moments, the frustrating emails that always hope to find you well. Release any tension that arose from looking at social media for seven hours straight when you should have been working. Let go of that pressure that you put on yourself all the time and know that tomorrow will be a good day. If there are questions you need answered or problems that need solving, consider trusting that those answers will come to you in the dreams to come. And in the morning, you'll have those answers, as well as the urge to give this show a five-star rating. But that's tomorrow. You did good today. You did your best. And that is always enough. Good night, my friend. And I'll see you next time on Feel Goodery. I'll try to do this quietly because I hope you're sleeping. The legal stuff. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please always consult with your healthcare provider.